0: All you have to do is look across Munfield to our basketball arena, and you, you see how championships
1: are made. Players play, tough players win. It's down breaking with the basket up, and it's him! Defense by Michigan State is unreal right now. Dawson, out to Harris for a three ball, he got it! good? It's
2: good! You're listening to Impact Sports
0: Radio, and this is the Impact Zone with your host Andrew
2: Hayes.
3: Hello, and welcome to the Impact Zone. My name is Andrew Hayes. Here with you this week, officially now, my co-host Blake Froling. Blake, how you doing? How's it feel?
2: Oh, it feels great. I'm so honored to be uh, named the official co-host of Impact Zone. It's always been a lifelong dream. Let me tell you that. <sighs>
3: He he gets assigned a title, and all of a sudden he starts giving me lip. <laughs> this might be short lived. Uh, so first things first, let's jump straight into where we just what we just got done with. Um, Michigan State basketball dispatched Northwestern quite easily this evening. Final score eighty five to seventy. Uh, Adrian Payne just was all that is man tonight. Went for twenty points, fourteen boards. He had, he had a double-double without offensive rebounds. He had 10 defensive boards, uh, 4 offensive, 6 of 11 from the field. Uh, I, I think he's, I asked him tonight if uh, he is back to 100%. He played 33 minutes tonight. Uh, he said that he's not back to 100% uh, um, conditioning-wise. Uh, I, I really feel bad for whoever has to play him when he's at 100%.
2: Well, I mean, Coach Izzo had, uh, in his press game uh, conference, he was asked if he was surprised how fast Payne is coming back, and he said he was. And I think we all are, quite frankly, because he's just, it looks like, uh, Izzo again said that he played maybe even a little bit better than he normally was, especially with those 14 rebounds. He just looked more aggressive overall. Hit two three pointers, and he, he was just played an all around good game. And when he plays well, the team around him plays well because that's just another weapon that the defenses have to focus on. Yeah, we'll.
3: Uh, let, I'll, I'll do that right now. We'll. Uh, this is uh, coaches.
1: Some of his comments after the game. Team, we finally ran a little bit better, and Adrian Payne is a big difference. You know, they had to double him down low, and then he's got kickouts. So we can move the ball. We're still not real sharp on it. I mean, getting Gary and and everybody kind of back together. When that ball goes into Adrian, um, you know, they were doubling and almost tripling them sometimes, and there were some openings. So we'll hopefully get better at that. But uh, I thought the second half, big key was when Gary and, and Zell went out with the foul trouble. Elvin and, and Russell came in and actually played very good defensively, and uh, – And that made a difference, and we just kind of went to Adrian as much as we can. But to have 22 assists and 32 baskets, we're getting back to the way we play. Seven turnovers, and my two point guards, six and one for Zell, and six and none. That means Trice hasn't had a turnover yet. Um, Here's what I know the timetable is on the 20th or 21st, he gets the pins out. Then they'll X ray him, and they'll you know, they'll have some idea. I mean, so that's what? What's today? Anybody know? 13th. So eight days from now, you'll get them out. I'm guessing that it might be another week, and that's why I said I could see two weeks minimum. But Brandon Dawson came back in seven and a half, eight months with a, you know, ACL. I mean, there's guys that are out a year in and in, uh, three months in the – in the NBA, I mean, the guy's a freak. I, I I told him, I said, give me that hand. I bet it's healed already. You know, um, he just he just heals. So if it it could come earlier, but guys, I really have no idea. And it sounds so ridiculous, but I I just don't. And I, I gave permission to our doctors. You can talk to these guys because they got to know. And uh, I'm not Bill Belichick and you and hiding the injuries. But I'm I'm telling you that I'm. I just have no clue. I'm, here's what I'm hoping. This is what I'm hoping. I'm hoping within a week, Keith comes back. I mean, is it out of the realm that he could, back, could come back Sunday? I mean, I'm, I'm not betting my house on it, but if you want to bet yours, go ahead. Um, I'm hoping next week. I'm hoping that sometime in the mid-20s or early 20s of this month, we'll get Brandon back some. Uh, I would be willing to say by the end of the month, I feel comfortable that he would be back. But you know, as as well as his knees heal, maybe his fingers take longer. Uh, I I don't know. Anything else? And you just I mean, really, his only
3: this is this is two press conferences in a row where Izzo has just been very very happy with his team. And it's strange, first of all, after the way he kind of started off the year and kind of could always would focus a lot on the negative. And I think that's because of how much he expected from this team. And now it's gotten to the point where he's just so happy with the way his, his subs have been playing. Um, that I, I think he's having a lot of trouble finding something to really be upset about. And like he said in his, in his interview or in his post game, Really, the only thing that you can look at tonight is that Michigan State didn't defend well. Um, Northwestern shot 46% from the field, uh, turned the ball over nine times. That's not, I mean, those are average numbers. Um, really, the first half was really the, their high point when they, sh- they shot 50% from the field. But I, I don't think there was really something that jumped out at you from this game as far as something that Michigan State needs to fix.
2: No, I think it was pretty much consistent with the first and second half, as you said. I mean, Northwestern, they were talking about it on the uh, telecast, since I wasn't able to make the game. They're one of the worst shooting teams in the nation out of the power conferences. So I guess you can see where Izzo's coming from when he was upset with the defense a little bit, allowing them shooting 46%, which would be average to most teams. But I think actually Northwestern shoots like high 30s for the season, which is abysmal. So the fact that they gave up 70 points may be a little bit disappointing, but I mean, if you look at their last matchup when it was in the 50s and the 40s, uh, just a completely different game, not really what we expected. But I, I think you, if I'm Coach Izzo, I have to be happy with this, putting up 85 points without uh, one of your leading rebounders and your starting point guard.
3: Well, and the thing that makes the, the, 40, the 85 points really impressive is you had four Michigan State guys in double figures, um, Matt Costello was the only uh, was the only starter who wasn't in double figures, and he had nine. Um, Kenny Kaminsky played like a big man. Holy cow. All I have to do is just keep saying, hey, Kenny, you're 6'8", Kenny, you're 6'8". And then he comes out tonight, he has eight points. He only took two three-pointers, and it looked like, to me, after he missed those two, he was very content with going inside and playing like he's 6'8", and he doesn't have an outrageous jump shot.
2: Well, he must be listening to the show, because we've talked about it over and over again, how he needs to start working on his inside game so the defenses just can't play him out on the three-point line. And like you said, when he missed those first two, we thought he might just start forcing it like he has done in the past, but he was doing a great job of getting to the rim, got a, a nice putback early in the game, three offensive rebounds. I can't remember the last time he had even one, so, and five rebounds overall for him. So he is really playing how Michigan State needs him to play. I mean, it would be nice if he could get his uh, three-point shot a little more consistent. You know, one night he goes five for six, the next, you know, oh for two. But if if he gets the three-point shot consistently, which he's very close to doing, and just gets a little respect inside, he's gonna be one of the best, he could be one of the best players on the team.
3: you know, we're once again we're we're dealing with a very small sample size. This was one game, but um, I think what makes it so exciting is it wasn't. I mean, his you know offensive rebounds. He he did get a couple lucky bounces that were, he I mean, he was just wide. He was just by himself, and the ball fell to him. Um, but there were a couple points where I saw him. He had a much smaller guy on him. I don't know for sure who was guarding him. I want to say it was Crawford for a point for a little bit, but um, I, I don't know for sure. Uh, but what, what I loved was he saw that he had a guy that he had at least four inches on, and he tried to post him up, which is something that I haven't really seen Kaminsky do at all this year. Um, and I... It, and it's you know like like we said it's it's just very promising to see him try to do something other than chuck up threes. Um, one thing that I completely forgot to mention at the top of the show, uh, in a little bit we're gonna bring in uh, Tim Popoff from uh, he's from Volunteers of America. For uh, for those of you who don't know. Um, Tom Izzo doing a coaches charity challenge, I believe is is the, is what it's called, um, and uh, and basically it's it's a it's a voting thing where uh, let's see, so it's it's through ESPN and uh, it's called the the title of it is the Infinity Coaches Charity Challenge, um, and it's fans basically vote for their their coach. And it goes through rounds, and uh, it ends March third. So, go check that out. We'll have the link posted. Um, the winning coach gets a hundred thousand dollars for his favorite charity, and uh, the least you can get is a thousand. But obviously, um, we'd like to get uh, Volunteers of America that hundred grand. Um, according to what I've what I've heard from uh, Volunteers of America that hundred grand would be enough for them to run for two years. Um, so, uh, and, and we'll, we'll have, like I said, Tim will be in here uh, a little bit later. And, uh, so will Fino, uh, for those of you who listen to the pact and, or just, you know, are around and listening to impact stuff because usually somewhere, if you listen closely, Fino's loud enough that you can hear him (laughs) no matter where you are. Um, so we got that coming up in a little bit. Uh, going back to the uh, the Northwestern game, uh, one i I've, I really liked watching Joshan Cobb from uh, from Northwestern fill it up. Um, he went he only shot I mean he shot seven of 14 from the field. He shot a lot of three pointers, which I don't think he needed to do. Uh, he was five of 11 from three point. finished with 22 two points short of his uh, career high, seven rebounds. The Wildcats had three guys in double figures. Um, Cobb had 22, Drew Crawford had 18, and then Trey De- Demps came in off the bench and had another 18. But really, other than them, you've got two guys scored. And and so I, I think Izzo's uh, argument that Michigan State didn't defend particularly well is valid, but at the same time, you've got you don't have a lot of guys shooting.
2: No, well, if you look at the stat sheet here, Northwestern had three guys play north of thirty-five minutes, and for comparison, Michigan State their highest minute total was thirty-three, with a couple players. So other than their mainly their starters, nobody really played major minutes. I mean, you had uh, eleven, and then the rest in single digits. So those three main guys were the ones creating the offense so yeah michigan state pretty much did shut shut down everybody else except for those couple guys crawford cobb uh those two main guys and demps they were they were all having a good night and if they could have gotten some support you know this might have been a little bit more of an interesting game
3: yeah i mean this game was just it it had the feel for like the first five minutes that maybe this was just going to be an absolute track meet because the there was one point i think the teams exchanged three-pointers on six consecutive possessions or something like that it was just a torrid pace and especially when you consider the last game it was 54 to 40 was the final and i think they had that they were cheering for tacos like 10 minutes left in the in the second half so it was it was very it was nobody expected that i, I don't think i didn't see what the over under was but i can't imagine that it was anything close to that um, one thing that I want to get to real quick uh, was Matt Costello played probably I think I think this is this was my favorite game from Matt Costello thus far this year because there were points in this game where he would post up and it wasn't throw the arm up, hope that somebody sees me. He's yelling at Travis Trice and he's yelling at Denzel Valentine. Give me the basketball. Um, I asked I asked him about that in the post game. Here's what he had to say. I mean, AP is going to draw a billion and a half people um, every time he gets the ball, and so if I can be any sort of a threat, um, there's something I was talking with uh, DJ about, Coach DJ. Um, just if I can be any sort of a threat, that's going to help the whole team. So I mean, I know I'm not going to get it every time, but if I'm calling like a madman, like I, somebody's going to pay attention, and hopefully that'll draw people off for open shot or something else. So. I mean, when I get the ball, I'm going to try to attack, kick it out if I have to, but um, just be another threat out there. That's the main point. And I think that's, I love that that's his mindset, and I, I don't know what triggered that. If it's just been throughout the year, he's, he's gotten more confident in his ability, and especially being the only big man in there with, um, with pain being out for a while. I think that's shifted his mentality and made him realize you know what next year I'm the guy and I may not have the outside shot that AP has but I have I can work on my inside moves and and become a a very good post player and that will help out this team next year.
2: And you know uh, during the telecast of the game uh, one of the announcers was talking about how Costello said he wanted to be like a Dennis Rodman player and I can see him You know, minus the North Korea and going crazy. (laughs) Yeah, minus being an
3: absolute psychopath.
2: (laughs) I mean, from a basketball standpoint, I could really see him filling that role and doing it well, and I also think that the Iowa game was a real wake-up call. When he was the guy down low, Payne was out, they gave him the ball the majority of the time, and if you listen, last week, we were talking about this, how we were just yelling at him to go to the basket and shoot the ball, and I think that was a wake up call. He started to get more aggressive, especially when Payne would either step out or draw a double team that left him open or a one on one with a favorable matchup. And he actually realized that. And I think he scored the first points of the game on a beautiful post move, hook shot halfway through the lane. And I think if he can do that more, and you know, just continue playing good defense, he's going to fill in nicely for Payne.
3: Yeah, that's that the the I, I'm almost put that that was the first basket of the game was his yeah he had a little uh, lefty hook in the in the paint and it's you can see it when he plays it's not it's not the numbers necessarily because the numbers have improved I, I don't have that in front of me how it's been since um, since that Iowa game really I think is where it clicked because he had to do it then um, but I think uh, you know, there's not too many teams that can guard both an Adrian Payne and a Matt Costello. Because if you have those guys running high lows and stuff like that, and especially, Izzo said it in his press conference, it allows Adrian Payne to do so much more when you have another big guy who can just be that post player. It's fantastic. And, you know, I I said this a couple weeks ago. uh, I think I said it last week, too. If Matt Costello can keep up this consistency, I I mean I I don't see a team, and especially when they get Brandon da- uh, Brandon Dawson back, that th- those three guys down low, that is an absolute murderer's row, and that is, the athleticism of Payne and Dawson, and then just the size of, um, of Costello, and that's you know, there's the. The code words in sports talk that you know, African American players are athletes, and white guys are smart, or whatever it is that people call Aaron Craft. Um, but no, that's that's the way it is. Is Brandon Dawson is a freak of nature athlete. Adrian Payne is. I mean, he can jump out of the gym, and then Matt Costello is just another big body down low. He he can play. He can fill the role of Derek Nix, and that's all they need him to do. Just get rebounds, just score a little bit, and be that offensive threat down low so that Adrian Payne can do the stuff that he does on screen and rolls, pick and pops, stuff like that.
2: Well, and I think with Matt Costello looking at his game-by-game stats, he's really efficient. He doesn't try to force anything. Even when Payne was out, he let the offense run. He did not disrupt anything but once he gets his offense going and the defenses have to pay attention to him as well as pain down low, that's going to set up even more outside shooting for Trice and Appling when he comes back and Harris and maybe it will even get Harris out of his funk where he he was shooting 3 for 20 against Wisconsin a little bit better tonight but uh, Izzo was still frustrated with him but I think the key starts down low and getting the defense is to collapse on the paint, and that just frees everybody up on the outside
3: I will say this about Gary Harris. Um, we'll get to that Wisconsin game here in just a second. Um, I liked the way that he played tonight. I thought it was very... He knew that he didn't have to be the guy tonight. I think that was a big part of it. I think he wanted to be the guy against Wisconsin, and they needed him to be the guy against Wisconsin. It just didn't work out. Um, but I I really enjoyed it. Normally, I would say it's a bad thing that Gary Harris disappeared in a game, but I think tonight he did. I, I I feel like there was a very good stretch where he just didn't shoot. He was passing the ball, and he also got in some foul trouble. He had he finished the game with uh, where's it at? Uh, he finished the game with three fouls, but but he got two early on in the first half, and then it was just kind of he was in and out, um, but. No like I said, normally Gary Harris disappearing in a game is a very very bad thing, but tonight when you don't necessarily need him, I think it's better for him to choose his spots better to where he's going to see shots go in because he said that tonight after the game. That's such a big thing for shooters is just to see the ball go through the hoop. And you always hear commentators talk about that how you know, a, a shooter like Gary Harris going to the free throw line can be huge because it's just about seeing the ball go through the hoop. Um, so, it's all fun and games. This is two weeks in a row that uh, there was a loss on Sunday, win on Thursday. Um, so, want to go back to that, uh, that Wisconsin game um, before we bring in Tim Popoff. Uh, it's 3 for 20 from Gary Harris is pretty much the story of that game. It's He's not going to have many games like that ever, I don't think. Um, and God bless Adrian Payne in that game. I thought that he was single-handedly going to carry Michigan State to a victory. And honestly, State could have won that game, but a beautiful pull-up jumper from uh, Trayvon D- Jackson as let's see there's what they made that with one second left i think um i mean that was that was the kind of game that i'm used to michigan state playing in wisconsin and i'm not one bit surprised that it went that way 60 to 58 was the final score wisconsin took that game um what, what did you what was your overall feeling of that game
2: well, we talked about it last week. The Kohl Center is one of the toughest places to play in the Big Ten, no matter what Wisconsin's doing year by year. And they showed it this game. They got up for this game. They know they're running out of time. Michigan State has a healthy lead on them in the Big Ten, and they needed this game, I think, more than Michigan State wanted to win it. They were desperate and hungry, and Michigan State just wasn't. And Gary Harris tried to put the team on his back. Oh for 7 for three-pointers. I mean five for 19 for the team overall that's 26 percent you're just not going to win with that and only going to the line nine times when uh, Wisconsin goes 20 times to the line granted they only made 13 of them but so you got to be more aggressive especially with Gary Harris he's so good at driving to the lane and getting fouls and going to the line but he just didn't do it he settled for the jump shot and he forced the shot and it really hurt the team and like you said Adrian Payne almost carried him to victory, but kudos to Trayvon Jackson for that beautiful shot on Gary Harris.
3: That was that was really sick, and it. Uh, you know what I? I think after that game, I was just kind of. I was happy. I mean, at this point, a Michigan State loss, especially on the road, especially to a team like Wisconsin. See how many more times I can say especially. Um, it's. It's it is what it is because at this point, and Tom Izzo said in his press conference tonight that you know people keep asking him the million dollar question, where is this team going to be when they're healthy, and there is absolutely no way of knowing. It could be, Dawson comes back, Appling comes back, they just gel from the start, and Michigan State wins the rest of their games by thirty points, or more likely, I there's going to be an, an adjustment period. Because right now, this team is clicking very, very well. And the guys that are on the floor together, Travis Trice and Denzel Valentine look like they're running a Globetrotters setup a lot of times. They are, I mean, smiling, laughing, slapping hands on the way back. They were doing that in the first, like, eight minutes of the first half today. And so uh, I think that's the most important thing right now. And I think you see you can see in the rankings where everybody had or how everybody thinks of michigan state they see it as a very very promising team but nobody knows where it's going to go michigan state lost to wisconsin other teams below them won and michigan state didn't move from the nine seed that's mind-blowing should they have probably dropped yes and I can say that because I don't care what Michigan State's ranking is right now. In two weeks, we can start worrying about what their ranking is. Right now, I think the last thing I saw was uh, Lenardi had him at a two seed going into the tournament, which is, I mean, I've said from before we even started playing games, if Michigan State can get in as a one or two seed, I'm completely okay with that especially because if they go in as a two seed, that will probably be, I think they will be better than at least one of the one seeds that goes in, if not two of them, Um, because Michigan State's team is going to have so much stinking talent. And uh, the head coach for uh, Penn State said tonight, let's see if I can find the exact quote so that I don't... uh, Uh, there it is. Uh, not Penn State. Northwestern's head coach, Chris Collins, said tonight, um, that he believes that when Michigan State is healthy, this is the best team in the nation. And, you know, we can, I'm just sick of talking about it (laughs) It, because it's great to say, oh man, they're going to be so good, but we're not going to know until it happens.
2: And who knows when it's going to happen. It's still kind of fuzzy for when Appling's coming back and when Dawson's coming back. But I think if you look at the overall national sphere of it, I think there's only two teams in the country that are definitely better than Michigan State when they're fully healthy, and that's Syracuse and Florida. Other than that, I think Michigan State is better than everybody else. Wichita State doesn't play anybody. Arizona's banged up and they almost lost a couple games in the Pac-12 so far. And Kansas is really good right now, but I still think we have enough talent and we're a little bit more experienced as well than them. So when it comes to the tournament, and Coach Izzo is always a great tournament coach and all of his teams overachieve in the tournament, basically. So I think the sky's the limit right now, and I think the Big Ten tournament will be a good um good way to see where we are because by then hopefully everybody will be back so we'll see kind of like a barometer for how we're going to do in the tournament.
3: I'm, gonna come to, I'm going to come to the defense of Wichita State because right now I have Wichita State as a bigger question mark than Michigan State because there's absolutely zero way to determine, to figure out how that team is going to be. I wanna say, yes, they're outrageously overrated because they haven't played anybody, but they made the final four last year. I keep forgetting about that, but they made the final four last year, so it's not like this was it's not I wanted to to compare them to to Gonzaga last year, where Gonzaga got it into one seed. they were a really, really weak one seed, and you know didn't make it very far, but I think. Wichita State has the, the the possibility to be a whole lot more than, than people think they are. And it's it, you know, you can't blame them. If they go undefeated, they should be a one seed. Because you can't penalize a team for going undefeated, and then you say, Well, we're gonna have this other team that maybe has four or five losses. We're gonna put them ahead of you because we don't think your conference is very good. That might be true. But you still have to win those games. And we've seen the Big Ten. Even if you're, it doesn't matter what the team you're playing is perceived to be, you still have to beat that team. And Wichita State has had some close calls in conference, but they keep winning. And it's the same thing with Syracuse. I want to touch on that. Did you watch a Syracuse game last night? Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. That game was so mind-blowing. I couldn't even handle it. So I'm going to skip all the parts where I break down the last, oh, I don't know, like 45 seconds because Syracuse didn't just made every shot that they took, and the foul game worked like a charm. It's very rare that you see that happen. But Tyler Ennis, that's who who it was, right? Okay, just wanted to make sure that I wasn't making up names. Um, Tyler Ennis hit (laughs) a buzzer beater. The ball went through the cylinder as time expired. I think that makes it 10 times cooler. I don't know why, but um, it was, Pitt was so ready. People were climbing over the, uh, the dividers to rush the court. People were so ready to go. That's one of those games that I sit on my couch and I watch and I say, I am so glad I don't really, really care who wins this game. Because if I was a Cuse fan, I think my heart would have exploded and if I was a Pitt fan, I, I would have just had to go like sit in the fetal position in the shower for like the next week because that is, I, I I've I've dealt with some soul crushing losses. Um, if you've heard of the two thousand three Cubs, that that's uh, <laughs> that's a pretty good example. But um, th- that was that was tough to watch and. It was eerie how quiet it got in that, because it, it was on the road at Pitt, for those of you who didn't see that. Um, it, it, it was like a funeral in there, and uh, th- I think that's what makes a number one seed in the, in the tournament, really, is how lucky can you get? Because, and that's not to say that Syracuse isn't a talented team because you don't go 24-0 and on sheer talent, but Michigan State could be in that same place if they don't get injured.
2: Well, I I completely agree with you. And one of the things the uh, selection committee does not look at is the scores of the games. They just look at if you win or not. So this is just going to be another good win for Syracuse. And I'm going to kind of dog on Pitt here right now. They're 20-5. They... and um, And their main problem is they haven't beaten anybody, okay? Their losses, they lost to Cincinnati, they lost to Syracuse at Syracuse, they lost to Duke, they lost to Virginia, and they lost to Syracuse again. Those are their biggest games on their their schedule, and they lost them all. So it's tough to say that they have any quality wins. I mean, the closest you could say is maybe Clemson was good in the earlier part of the year, but they kind of dropped off. Other than that, I don't see anybody, maybe Stanford. They're a bubble team right now, but other than that, who have they beaten? So this is a great win for Syracuse, especially the way they did it to keep their undefeated season. But I think, honestly, Pitt is overrated, and they're most likely going to drop out of the rankings now, even though they were a near half court shot away from dethroning the number one team.
3: That was, I was watching with a with a buddy who had money on Syracuse and I could not believe that that shot went in I I stood it I think it took me a good like tw- 15 20 minutes to recover I tweeted out when it happened that just completely fried my brain like I couldn't compute it it didn't make any sense those shots never go in but let me tell you when they do it is just a beautiful thing to watch um, all right so I want to bring in two very special guests today first of all Tim Popoff. Uh, Tim is from Volunteers of America, uh, Lansing. He uh, works in the kitchen, and um, and uh, does uh, does every basically day-to-day operations, right?
0: Yeah, that's correct.
3: Okay, um, he's here to uh, to talk about the uh, Co- the Infinity Coaches Charity Challenge. Uh, it's a something that Tom Izzo is doing. It's uh, along with ESPN, um, and it's uh, to raise money for Volunteers of America. The other special guest that we have in here, as I mentioned earlier, the Anthony Serafino. You know him better as Fino. What's up?
4: What's going on, Hayes? So, <laughs> so glad to be here and such a monumental occasion having Tim here in studio. And, you know, we're big supporters, volunteers from America. Just an honor to have the food services supervisor here with us. Absolutely. Thank you.
3: Um so first thing is just kind of give us a general overview of uh of what Volunteers of America does and uh and and specifically here in in the Lansing area.
0: Well, here in Lansing we uh operate an overnight shelter uh and just I'll throw a few things out uh this last year we served 4184 individuals wow. Wow. in our facility. Uh 2667 in our day center. And 732 of them were children under the age of 13, wow. um, which is uh, 25% more than last year. So this is something that's it's gaining speed, unfortunately. Uh, it's a 70% increase since 2007. Uh, in the kitchen, we do 400 meals a day. We do breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And all totaled, we do 400 meals Every day, seven seven days a week. So it's and a busy place. Yeah, I'm
3: sure. Um, so, talk about how Coach Izzo got involved with you guys, and kind of uh, and and what your contact with him or or the people in his camp has been.
0: Uh, Coach Izzo, we have been extremely fortunate. This is the second year that he has uh, elected us to be his charity for this event. We're doing much better this year than we did last year. We're we're trying to put a lot of effort. We appreciate you guys helping us out with it. Uh, Coach Izzo's wife actually sits on our board of directors, so I'm sure that had some influence on on us being chosen. But he does so much more. He was just at our homeless no more event at the Kellogg Center two days ago. He made an appearance and uh, he's he's been a huge supporter of Volunteers of America and we. We, we really appreciate it.
3: That's awesome. So, um, right now, Coach Izzo has made it into, we're in, this is the second round, of, this is the third round of voting, right? That's correct. And so, right now, we're looking, or you're, he's looking at winning $10,000 for Volunteers of America, right?
0: That's correct, $10,000.
3: And then what happens if well, he makes have, it into the further rounds? we have two days rounds?
0: left. We have two days left. Mm-hmm. We are number 11, so we are pretty well going to make it to the Sweet 16. Sweet 16, yeah. They're kind of fashioning this after the tournament. I like I, that. I like that, too. <laughs> they, they skip the eight, though, and go right to the final four mm-hmm. in the next round. So we need to bump up our our number 11 and make it to the final four in the next one. But, yeah, in two days we will make it to the next round and be recipients of $10,000 thanks to Coach Izzo.
4: Wow, outstanding. So just so our listeners can understand, as of right now, Coach Izzo has raised or Infinity uh, have raised $7,500 for the Volunteers of America Michigan.
0: That's absolutely correct.
4: So as it stands right now, what could Volunteers of America do with just $7,500?
0: $7,500 is – it would be amazing. I mean, like I said, from the kitchen standpoint, we do meals for 36 cents a meal in cooperation with people like the food bank and donors uh, who donate food and money for us. Um, So that would go a long ways. The, the $100,000 is the one I've broken down because yeah. that's that's the one.
4: That's the prize. Really. That is the
3: prize. Shoot for the stars, obviously. And the the
0: $100,000 on would feed our kitchen for two and a half years. Wow.
4: That's a, that's a incredible. That is absolutely outstanding. And that's,
0: that's uh, like I said, uh, 131,000 meals a year times two and a half. So that that would just be an amazing number yeah, of I mean, people affected.
4: Definitely. I, that can just really haze. It really brings you in perspective, really what this money can do, even if it's for charity. Yes, Tim, you can spend some fun on it and make it a March Madness kind of feel, but it really humbles you when, it, when you when you take basketball to another level. And now we're seeing basketball taking it to another level with such great charities. You know, there are no losers in the process, but obviously we do want to support Coach Izzo, and we do want to support the Volunteers of America. And by doing so, you can vote for Coach Izzo on ESPN.com. It's promo.esbn.com. Dot com slash ESPN slash contacts, uh, contests. <laughs> and you can just go in there, click, uh, click and vote for, uh, Coach Izzo, And, you know, Tim said we are pretty safe to advance to that top or that sweet 16. Yes. But every vote does count.
0: Every vote counts. And you can vote every day. Every. And you can vote for, uh. Every login that you so have. Every, every email that you have is one vote. Every email address is one vote. That's correct.
4: So a listener with multiple emails can use as many different emails as he or she has to vote for Coach Izzo That's correct. for that matter.
0: Once a day for each one. That's great. Yep. I would love to make it a beautiful year. I mean, I'm seeing a, a national championship. And, what better? And and, and I, I recently saw the Adrian Payne story. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. I mean, and then if you were to top it off... Not that this would be the topping to a national championship, but let's say he wins a hundred thousand dollars for his charity, that is a pretty remarkable year. I think that's know? a that's a pretty good dessert to a national title Yes It is.
4: Uh, <laughs> is
3: uh, yeah, it's one thing to win a national championship if you can help help people on on this level is in on the way is is even better. Um, right now, like you said, number eleven uh, idea. Let's. I mean. Guys, let's at least try to beat – right now Michigan is ahead of us, and we just can't have
0: that. We can't have that.
4: No, not at all. <laughs> but, but how about the, you know, the, the participation from really the Big Ten? You mentioned how John Beeline was ahead with 3%, Coach Izzo with, with 2%, but Thad Mata, as you mentioned, with 32% of the vote. His charity is the Ronald McDonald House Charities uh, of Central Ohio. So what is a way that you know, we can get the Volunteers of America and get that word out further?
0: Well, this this is one way, and the other thing to remember is at each round, voting starts back at zero. Okay. So that 32% means nothing when we start the next round in two days. We're all starting over again. So we're hoping for a big push to start the next round. Uh, Ohio State does seem to jump right out in the beginning, but then as the round uh, progresses, they seem to lose percentage. Okay. so i can't explain exactly why but it's going to be a fair start again at each round and we do have a chance so
3: it's all about jumping out to that early lead it is absolutely (laughs) got to set the tone early um all right well uh you know thank you very much for coming in and, and and doing this with us um we this this came to me and and it was something that that I think needs to get out there and we really and wanted something. to promote
4: this, Andrew. You know? Absolutely. We know we saw the email about you know this Volunteers of America and you mentioned Tim. It's the second year that the, um, that Coachizzo has chosen the Volunteers of America. It's the second year of the uh, the Infinity Coaches Charity Challenge, I believe. Yes, it is. So it's only going to get more popular. We really want to promote what Tim and the Volunteers of America are doing, as he just mentioned earlier. what that can do for a community. Tim mentioned it can feed the kitchen and the people of that kitchen for about, what, two and a half years, you said? Two and a half years. And that's just unfathomable for me to understand. You know, $7,500 is something that they have already received, and that is an outstanding amount. But just to put it in perspective, what all all this money can do for a charity— $100,000 Hundred thousand dollars to ten thousand to fifteen. I mean, all that money is life changing money, not only for the people that run the charity, but at the people that receive it. And for me, this this goes this is deeper than basketball, and that just shows you that hey, this is a little deeper than basketball.
0: It is. Uh, the other thing, Volunteers America is also the largest provider of veteran services in the entire state of Michigan. So the only person who helps more veterans than us is the federal government. Wow! So uh, wow. we do a pretty good job with veterans. We have veterans in our facility also, uh, all the time, and that's just another another way that the money will help. Um,
3: I just I just thought about this. Um, how did we How did we finish last year? In
0: this, you know, I honestly don't know, mm-hmm. uh, but I don't think we did very well. I think we were out in the first round. Oh, no kidding! And yeah. I hate to say that. So already an improvement so, from this year. A huge improvement, and we really owed it to Coach Izzo to step it up and uh, do a little better this year, I would like to win the whole thing. And I don't see any reason why we can't. Um, I don't know if I can take a moment, too, just to thank Michigan State students. I can't tell you how many come into our kitchen and volunteer. Right now, Alpha Phi Omega, a service fraternity, they have over 200 people. They come in three days a week and they prepare two dinners, and they serve a lunch every week. Outstanding. But there's also a lot of other students, medical students, and other people who just come, and our kitchen wouldn't operate. We Literally, we have three employees to do seven days a week, three meals a day, 131,000 meals a year with three guys. We couldn't do it without the volunteers that come in, and Michigan State students are a huge part of that. Um, So I am very thankful to Michigan State in general, Mm -hmm. and I think a lot of people don't know what a lot of the students do to help out in their communities, and they'd be surprised how many are down here. I mean, I like to call it where the rubber meets the road, you know, Uh, and they are down there in the trenches with us, and it's, it's a huge, huge shot in the arm for us, and we couldn't do it without them, so... Thank you to those guys. If,
3: well, for people who want to get in, for people who might not be involved right now, but want to get involved more, how can they contact you or get involved with Volunteers of America? They can
0: contact myself at the kitchen. Uh, it would be five one seven four eight nine five two eight nine, and we schedule volunteers. There's other opportunities to volunteer. Uh, but of course, I'm here supporting the kitchen, come on in the kitchen, <laughs> kitchen supervisor. You know, as far as you know, I'll turn you into chef in one day. And <laughs> you'll get crossed. a great job, and everything will go well. Absolutely. But no, I, I really, I really appreciate what they do. They're making some spectacular mm-hmm. meals. When I have extra hands, we can really get a little more elaborate with what we make. So. Yesterday we did a chicken roulade, a Southwest chicken roulade wrapped in bacon with brown sugar and chili powder on top. So sounds delicious. That it sounds was fantastic. incredible. <laughs> they were pretty happy down there. You know? uh, <laughs> uh, we feed everyone, so if you want to come in and eat chicken
4: roulade, you know, just stop in and see me. Might have to hold you to that, Tim. That's right. <laughs> Absolutely.
3: Yeah. All right. Well, uh, like I said, once again, thank you, mu- thank you very much for coming in. Fino, do you have anything else for Tim?
4: No, Tim. I just think it's outstanding of what you know the community. What you are giving the community, I know you're very appreciative of the students and the you know the student body and the university. But, you know, I'll take a moment and say thank you to you, Tim, and the Volunteers of America for giving such a great service to the homeless people and just the people of the Lansing Capital Region area that need the support that you give them every day. So it's it's pretty humbling to sit next to you and do all the service that you do. And I nearly don't do as much, but the little things in life is what matters. And if we can help you get the word out, it's humbling, and and we're we're willing to do so. So, Tim, thank Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Yeah, we're we're getting
3: pretty deep here on the impact. Yeah, And I I don't (laughs) want to push anybody to tears, but it is true that volunteers don't get uh, nearly enough credit for the work that they do. They don't. And it's uh, it's a fantastic thing that you do for – for really the the community and and really just all over the country um all that volunteers of America does and all charities in general anybody that volunteers you know got to tip my cap to them because it's uh it's really a remarkable thing to to put other people ahead of yourself in in that way and and uh thank you for all that you do and uh thank you very much for coming in
0: thank you appreciate,
4: appreciate it. it yep
3: take care yep all right thank you very much to uh Tim Popoff and everybody from Volunteers of America, you, what you guys do is outstanding. Um, volunteers don't get anywhere near enough credit for what they do, and uh, they're they're a vital part of uh, of of the world, really. Um, want to uh, want to jump back in? Next game up is uh, Nebraska. Nebraska's been playing decent basketball. They're just I mean, I think they're kind of on pace with the. The rest of the Big Ten, they just kind of—they're five hundred in the Big Ten. They haven't done anything magical. I mean, they—they they beat Penn State. That I think that's kind of their marquee win right now. Um, other than that, they just—I yeah, don't know—they're—they're they're okay, but and and they have some athletes though. You, I—I I watch Nebraska every once in a while when I happen to remember, um, and and they're not a team that you can sleep
2: on. No, you can just ask Ohio State about that. I mean, that is their marquee win. Uh, Nebraska, they're tough to figure out. You know, you go into Ohio State and win, and then you turn around and lose to Penn State. So they're a really up-and-down team. I think this game at home, Michigan State shouldn't have any trouble with it, even whether or not Appling comes back or not. I I personally think that Izzo is going to hold them out for this game because we've got a tough stretch coming up with Michigan and and uh, Iowa and Ohio State all mixed in there. So I think he's going to sit out, and I don't think, honestly, Michigan State's going to have a problem with this game. Yeah,
3: I mean, it's, I I want to psych myself out and say that because it's a 3 o'clock in the afternoon on a Sunday, that might have an effect, but the way that this team is gelling right now, and we already touched on it, with the way that, I mean, I don't know if we mentioned this on air yet, but we were talking about this before. Keith Appling hasn't had a turnover, or not Keith Appling. Keith Appling hasn't played since Iowa. Uh, um, Travis Trice has not had a turnover since the Georgetown game. That is bonkers. That is, uh, it doesn't make any sense. They've had, he and Valentine have combined for thirty assists and five turnovers in the past three games. That is, I mean. And and I I combine them together because they run the point pretty much interchangeably. But that is awesome to see. And the biggest reason that I love to see that is I don't want to, you know, rush past this year because I think this year is going to be such a great ride. But you think about next year and where this team can be, and especially with my boy Alvin Ellis. God, I love watching him play basketball because... He doesn't get many minutes, but when he's in, he's usually doing something that makes me say, oh, this kid's going to be really, really good. Um, tonight he had, I mean, he was, he was what, two for two from the, f- or, no, he was one for one from the floor. He had a three-pointer, and then he went to the hoop hard. And that's one thing that I love about him is you see it in his eyes that he can, if, when he, if the team needs him to, he can turn it on and start scoring almost at will. Um, the other thing that I want to get to and hopefully we can have Harry on here in the next couple days um, yesterday Harry uh, Harry Jaden from the Pact wrote an article about the top 5 Izzo era teams uh, number, f- let's see, I'll give you the rundown real quick, number 5 was 2011-2012 when they went to the uh, did they make it to the final 4 that year? Mm-hmm. They they did not make it to the final four that year because that was Keith Appling's, uh freshman year and that was that was the team that was basically Draymond Green and he was just trying to help all these younger kids pull it together. Um, number four on his list was uh, ninety eight ninety nine the year before Michigan State won the national championship with Mateen Charlie Bell Jason Klein Andre Hudson and Antonio Smith Mo Pete was coming in off the bench that year which is. Insane to think that that was ever a thing. Oh four oh five was number three. Uh, Chris Hill, Mo Egger, Shannon Brown, Alan Anderson, Paul Davis. Coming off the bench, oh, Drew Neitzel. God, I loved watching mm. Drew Neitzel oh. play basketball. He shot like 400% from the free throw line and just made every three-pointer.
2: He was a thing of beauty.
3: <laughs> um, that... First of all, Harry, this was an awesome article. If you guys haven't checked it out, be sure to check it out. Um, one of my favorite things about looking through this was just looking at all the names. Like we it, Look at 2008, 2009. you got Kalen Lucas, Travis Walton, Raymar Morgan, Delvon Rowe, and Goran Sutan. I had completely forgotten about Goran Sutan. I don't know what he's doing. I hope it's something awesome. Um, and... Travis Walden, I think he yeah, he was at the game tonight. Travis Walden is the number one thing I remember about him was not only was he a lockdown defender, but he talked smack the whole game, and that's sure. something that you don't see a lot of anymore. Um, number one, obviously, the only yeah. Isoera team that has won a national championship, 99-2000, Mateen Cleaves, Charlie Bell, Mo, Pete, Andre Hudson, and A.J. Granger. Uh, that was, was that Jason Richardson's? Freshman year, yeah, I Holy think it was. Nikes, seems like like I, I remember that, and it seems like forever ago. Um, my question for you, Blake Folling, is where will this Michigan State team rank amongst that top five?
2: My, honestly, my answer is I don't know. We haven't mm-hmm. really seen this team fully healthy in a long time, playing good competition. You have to wait, honestly, until the end of the tournament to be able to decide that. I, I think, uh, honestly, the, out of the non-championship teams, definitely 08-09 uh, is the strongest out of those, just looking at the roster. But this roster could be even better than that. Keyword could be, depending on how they do in March and how they come back from these injuries. I think if Michigan State stayed injury-free, we'd be in the top three right now in the nation. And... Probably not have lost to Michigan or Wisconsin, so I think this definitely a top five team. Regardless, I mean unless something unforeseen happens between now and March, but I think right now definitely at least a top five. Uh, I'm
3: gonna I'm gonna put it this way: if Michigan State, if this team wins a national championship, they're the best team that Tom Izzo has ever coached. Um, I think you just look at the athletes that are on this team. And Granted, I I will have this caveat. In 2000, I was 8 years old, so my ability to uh, analyze and appreciate athletes at 8 was not what it is now (laughs) at 21. Um, But just looking at this team, I don't remember a team that has just run up and down the court and been this much fun to watch. And So I think if they win it all, they are the number one team. I think regardless, they're the number two team that Izzo has ever coached. And, you, and I say that because, first of all, the athletes, and second of all, the cohesiveness of this team is something that's really impressive. And, uh, and they've been, I mean, they've just been solid all around. And you look at nights like tonight where you've got pretty much every starter in double figures. That's, that's a balance that you don't get from many teams. And it's something that you didn't really get from any of these other teams. But just looking at the numbers um but it's uh i think the safest answer is for sure i don't know because there is absolutely no way to predict maybe Brandon Dawson comes back and it's just an it's just a disaster they can't get it together and just the whole season falls apart or like i said Michigan everybody comes back and Michigan State wins the rest of their games by 30 points um going to wrap it up here in just a second for Before we move away from this top five team uh, My favorite point that Harry made and it absolutely blew my mind because I'd never thought of it before that 2011-2012 team that uh, that was the year after Kaelin Lucas left uh, That was also the year that Delvon Rowe had to retire because of his terrible terrible knee problems which I still think is probably one of the saddest things that I've ever seen uh, as a Michigan State basketball fan. Um, But imagine what that team could have been with Delvon. It would have been sick down low. It would have been on pace with this year's Payne, Costello, Dawson. I
2: I completely agree with that. Just looking at their, their roster right now, green pain even a young Derek nicks on that team too i mean you just kind of get excited just thinking about the possibilities but you know that that's what happens i mean in the nba we saw brandon roy had the same uh problems with his knees and he had to retire right in the prime of his career so and greg Oden trying to make a comeback now it happens to the best of the athletes and there's really nothing you can do after that you you got to think about life after basketball and you don't want to put that in jeopardy. Exactly. Yep, you got to be able to walk around. Um, let's
3: see. Oh, the last thing I wanted to touch on, and I tweeted this, and, and Blake appreciated this as well. This is the second win in a row for Michigan State in which Keenan Wetzel single-handedly saved all of the people who bet the Michigan State spread in the closing minutes, and then the other team missed a shot at the other end to seal it. But I I told Blake earlier, I I don't know if anybody else in the press box was, was paying attention to what happened, but uh Keenan Wetzel hit a uh, they I think they emptied the bench with about ninety seconds left tonight. Um, and Keenan Wetzel hit a yeah, god, what he he missed a floater as the shot clock expired, got his own rebound and dumped it in to put Michigan State up by fifteen. The spread was fourteen and a half. Um God Wetzel saving some money somewhere, or losing a lot of money somewhere.
2: Right, you know, Dan Cryer was looking at that closely. <laughs>
3: yeah, we, we,
2: yeah, I, I should, I, I
3: should have texted Cryer before the, uh, before the show started to see, uh, see if he was thrilled or upset with that floater, um, so, uh, I think that does it for uh for us this week. I want to thank uh Tim Popoff and like I said all of the people from Volunteers of America for uh for Tim for coming in and uh and talking to us and uh and also just for everything that they do. I um, want to thank Fino for coming in and and helping me out with uh with Tim's interview. Uh just we just got to get people healthy, guys. That's all there is to it. And uh thanks to my my new official co-host, Blake, for coming in late, two weeks in a row.
2: Hey, it's a labor of love, and I'll do it <laughs> again and again. Oh,
3: by the way, what uh, what do you think of uh, Mo Cheeks getting the can?
2: I, th- I think it was a product of maybe Josh Smith's fault just a little bit. They had a rift early on, and uh, I think Coach Cheeks was used as a scapegoat. He's an easy one to pick, and, uh, you know, Dumars had to make a move because his head's on the chopping block next, honestly.
3: Yeah, I uh, yeah that was definitely a, a chemistry issue there, and and the the sad part about sports today is you can't usually fire a player, and especially with the contract that Josh Smith has, he's not going anywhere really anytime soon. Um, but yeah, it's uh, you know it's kind of a bummer, but that's that's sports right now, so uh, can't really be too shocked by it. Uh, let's see, before we come back next week, we'll, uh, Nebraska, like I said, Nebraska game is on Sunday. Uh, Purdue is next Thursday, um, 7 p.m. at Purdue. And then the, uh, after Purdue, the fun's over. Uh, then it's just straight down to business. Pretty much I would, uh, this is kind of a cliched term, but the postseason basically starts for Michigan State on February twenty third when they go to Michigan to play the number 50, the currently ranked number fifteen Wolverines. And then they uh play Illinois here at the Breslin and then Iowa comes into town and then they finish the season at Ohio State. That's uh we'll talk about that more next week, but that's uh that's gonna be a stressful, stressful couple of weeks for <laughs> for the boys here. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Be sure to follow me on Twitter at Impact or not Impact at izonehaze 22 Blake, where can they find you?
2: You can follow me on Twitter at B froling. That's at B F R O L I N G.
3: Very good, check it out. And for those of you who listen to our FM station, kind of our our uh our parent station board almost, um the Impact is back, thank God. Woo. After, yeah, after almost, let's see, yeah, it's been, it's been about two months um, as, of, as of before this podcast will be posted and aired. Um, our transmitter's back to 100%. So Saturday afternoons, when you're nursing your Friday night, uh, be sure to listen to me from noon to 4 Uh, call in, tell me the songs that I play. Stink, tell me what songs you want to hear. I don't really care, just call me. Uh, That'll do it for this week. Thank you guys for listening, and go green.